Welcome back, everybody, to the Real Madrid podcast. And coming up today, we'll look ahead to the weekend meeting with Wesker. And we're going to be looking back as well to that dramatic night in Champions League where Madrid fought back from the brink of a fourth successive Champions League defeat to take a very well-deserved point against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Let's take a look at what's happening in the media today, though. Karim Benzema doing his best to deflect attentions away from those pictures that appear to show him critiquing Vinicius the other night. Uh, it's all nothing, he says, across social media. All he's doing is simply passing on instruction. But uh, that hasn't quite diffused the situation at the moment because the TV cameras picked up comments from a conversation with Mondi in the tunnel. Again, there seems to be something or nothing with a few views expressed on the night, but nothing you imagine that doesn't go on every week at some stage during the course of the season. Now, training today included Eden Hazard, who's had no reaction to his first outing of the season. Everybody else was present. Odegaard and Odria Zola worked alone outside. Nacho and Carvajal, of course, they're working inside. They still won't be available. Thibaut Courtois has slight discomfort. He's been working in the gym today, but the club have said it isn't any Anything that should stop him playing this weekend. Uh, of course, all of those negative comments and headlines about Benzema and Vinicius have led to a raft of speculation that uh, Vinicius could be going. Some suggesting Isco and Vinicius to be offered to Juventus in return for Dybala. But remember, too, that Leonardo would be very, very keen if Vinicius was available to take him to PSG. Abraham Diaz, who has settled into life very well indeed at Milan, uh, initially on loan, but Paolo Maldini, along with the rest of the staff, are so impressed that Maldini is planning a return trip to Madrid to see if they can turn that loan move into a permanent deal. No word from Madrid as to how receptive they would be to any approach from Milan. Right then, let's take a closer look at this weekend's opponents, Huesca. Well, Madrid's opponents this weekend are Huesca, who were promoted last season after their immediate relegation following their one season in La Liga in 2018-19 when they manage just seven wins all season. Now, they're finding life equally as tough this time round. Michel, the man who got the team promoted last season, is still looking for his team's first win this season. And they're coming into this weekend off the back of a heavy 4-1 loss to Real Sociedad last week. Now, that said, it isn't all doom and gloom here. They might not have won yet, but out of the seven games they've played, they've drawn five. And defensively, again, apart from that 4-1 loss against Sociedad, they conceded six goals in six games. They kept two clean sheets. And one of those was against Atletico. Who's doing the scoring then? Well, four players have been on the score sheet this season. Rafa Mir top scores with two. Now, you might remember the 23-year-old had spells with Wolves and Nottingham Forest in recent seasons. Didn't score at either club. 
He's still actually owned by Valencia. Others to look out for, Silvas, the central defender, scored a rare goal for him. Uh, Sandro Ramirez, who's here from Everton, the former Barcelona B player, actually appeared in eight games for Everton. He didn't score either. He's on the score sheet once this season. And also on the score sheet, Pablo Maffeo, another central defender and another one who's actually got Premier League connections because he joined Manchester City back in 2013 and he's been out on five loans since then. Uh, four different players have provided one assist each this season. And as for formations, well, they did switch to a 4-4-2 for the 4-1 loss against Sociedad. Amicia will probably go back to his preferred 4-2-3-1, which has been the most used this season. Or if he decides he wants to take advantage of perceived Real Madrid defensive frailty, well, he could go all-out attack, as he did against Atletico when they went 4-3-3. They had Okazaki, Garcia and Ferrero playing as the front three that day. Uh, overall, this is only the third meeting between these two clubs in December of 2018. Madrid won by a goal to nil at Huesca. Gareth Bale with an early goal there. But it was a really thrilling encounter in the return which Madrid had to come from a goal down to win 3-2. And then he did that late as well. Karim Benzema with a goal just a minute from time. What about the tale of the tape? Huesca played seven games, Real Madrid six. Five goals this season for Huesca against nine for Real Madrid. Uh, shots per game, 11.1. Huesca 14 for Real Madrid on target. 3.7 for Huesca, 5.5 for Real Madrid. Yellow cards, 10 for Huesca, 11 for Real Madrid. No red cards for either. A possession over the course of the season, 58.2 for Real Madrid, 50.6 for Huesca. Pass completion rate, 81.6 for Huesca, 87.1 for Real Madrid. Balls won airily. This is where Huesca are particularly strong. 16.7 per game against 12 for Real Madrid. Tackles 15.9 per game for Huesca. 20.5 for Real Madrid. And fouls per game 17.7 for Huesca against 9 for Real Madrid. Uh, it's been a tough start, to say the least, to this season's Champions League campaign. That defeat to Shakhtar on day one meant a positive result was needed to get the Champions League campaign back on track against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Here's a look back at what happened. Now, match night two produced drama all across Europe, none more so than at Borussia Park, where Borussia Mönchengladbach met Real Madrid. Now, whenever these two have met over the years in European competition, it has always been a night to remember. 35 years ago, the last time Madrid played here, 
and Jip Heinke's team on the night won 5-1 before the Jorge Valdano-inspired comeback the week later saw Madrid overturn that deficit to win 4-0 and go on to win the UEFA Cup that year. Tonight then, Marco Rosa restored all of those rested from the weekend's victory over Mainz. So Neuhaus, Turam, Stindl, Hoffman were all back in the starting 11. Real Madrid beat Barcelona in El Clasico. Of course, Lucas Vasquez kept his position at right fullback due to the injury crisis, which has denied Zidane the services of Carvajal, Odriozola and Nacho. Madrid then looking to avoid a fourth straight Champions League defeat, something that's never happened in the club's history, but it did come very close. Hugely impressive. Well, they're more than a threat now, Guy. They're a real force, they've scored. What about the ball? This is a fantastic pass from Alessand Player. Unselfish, fantastic vision and precision. Matched by the finish. What about that from Turam? Turam with uh, the chance to carry the ball a long way. And this is Player! And Courtois can only parry it straight to Taram. Marcus Taram has a second goal. All the players on the field immediately turned and looked at the assistant referee. The flag stayed down throughout. Modric. Sommer will watch that one go. It didn't go all the way, though, and Benzema has fallen up to score. Borussia Mönchengladbach claimed that the ball went out. Sommer looked as though he was just going to let it go out. But it was kept alive by Real Madrid, who might have just kept the contest alive too. Hazard to Modric. Into the third minute of injury time now. Vasquez. It's back with Luka Modric. Modric delivers. Ramos across! Casimiro! At the last for Zinedine Zidane's Real Madrid. What about the ball from Luka Modric? Delicious delivery. Just asking, begging a teammate to get onto the end of it. There's Sergio Ramos, that's why he's up there. He's not gone for goal, he's unselfishly found a teammate. And Casemiro fantastically set the ball back for Benzema. This time he's on the end of one and steals two points. Well, it's the second week running that Borussia Mönchengladbach have let a game slip in injury time. Zidane, though, was full of praise for his team's recovery. The result shows the real character of the team, he said. We deserved a draw. The players fought until the very end. And by playing like this, I am sure that things will turn in our favour. In the other match in Donetsk, Shakhtar followed up last week's win over Madrid with a nil-nil with Inter, whose coach Antonio Conte will feel his side did enough to win. They dominated possession with over 58% over the 90 minutes and created 18 attempts on goal, but it wasn't enough. Shakhtar then topped the group on four points. Then come Borussia Mönchengladbach on two points ahead of Inter on two points. Mönchengladbach has scored two more than Inter and Red 
Real Madrid are the bottom team with one point. Next week, then, it's back to Madrid, where Madrid take on Inter and Borussia Mönchengladbach welcome Shakhtar Donetsk. And that just about wraps it up then for today's podcast. Don't forget you can catch up with all of the previous episodes via the website at www.realmadridpodcast.com or via any of the major streaming providers. We'll be back early next week to look ahead to match night three of Champions League and that game against Inter. In the meantime, do enjoy the match and hopefully we'll have something to celebrate come Saturday night. For the moment, though, from me, Tim Capel. Till next time, bye-bye for now.